Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Respected brothers and sisters, it's exactly three years since the Rabaa massacre, and joining us in studio right now is Sidi Adil Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Sidi. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. As we listen to this baby in the background, I think it doesn't even do justice to what the people of Egypt have had to face um, in these years. But, um, Sidi, you want to first just tell us a little bit about yourself and your being here in South Africa? Okay, shukran, Sister Taslima, for uh, giving me this opportunity. And once again, it's not first time, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Um, uh, my name is Adil Abdullah. Uh, I am uh, an Egyptian um, who stays in South Africa. Stayed in South Africa for the past 15 years. Uh, proudly South African, Kiptoinian. Alhamdulillah. And, um, uh, you know, my uh, I'm in business and, um, you know, uh, so much involved with my community, the Egyptian community. And uh, an executive of the uh, Egyptian community here in South Africa. And... Um, you know, um, when you uh, say the the Egyptian community in South Africa is that the Anur, uh, Anur, or is it uh, Anur another is umbrella? No, Anur is just um, uh, you know a small part of the Egyptian community of okay. South Africa. Uh, in fact, the Egyptian uh, community of South Africa is well spread all over South Africa. We have a uh, member of our community in Pretoria, living in, in Pretoria, and in uh, Johannesburg area in Durban area and also Port Elizabeth and Cape Town. The main cities of South Africa are all, uh, you know, included in our community. And Alhamdulillah, the great work we do here um, uh, is, is all spread all over the, the places where the Egyptian uh, brothers are living. We're trying to involve everyone in the community to, um, you know, to um, uh, represent himself as an Egyptian and as a South African, as we live here in this uh, community, we try to be part of it, and we try to benefit the community as we are getting benefit out of this, uh, benefited out of this community. Uh, so Egyptian community are well spread, alhamdulillah, in South Africa. And uh, I take this uh, opportunity, uh, in fact, to stretch my gratitude to the South African community for the warm welcome that we um, have experienced here in South Africa and for uh, the great help that we are receiving here in South Africa, although many of us, many of the Egyptian community members become South African uh, citizen mm -hmm. due to, uh, you know, the uh, intermarriages and uh, due to um, uh, people who live here for a long time. And Alhamdulillah, um, so many of us had been, uh, you know, obtained the, uh, the citizen of uh, citizenship of South Africa. Yes, brother Adil. In fact, uh, we're actually here today because I see that yesterday you had an event um, where the Egyptian community of South Africa com commemorated um, the Rabaa massacre, and of course, it was in it. It, it had so many support. In if we look at it, I seeing your ECOSA, the ANC, the MJC, the MSA and then um, another organization as well. But before we even get there, I think what I'm hoping that you would do, because we see the yellow and black signs everywhere. We've seen the Egyptian community mobilize itself at the Masajids, um, at rallies going through town to parliament, where, um, where you have addressed this issue. But I think we do need to look at where it's actually started. But I think we're gonna go in for a quick ad break and when we come back you could perhaps take us from the actual revolution to where it is now Eat. 
Welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just joined us, we have Sidi Adil Abdullah in studio with us, an executive member of ECOSA, which is the Egyptian community of South Africa, um, talking to us in commemorating the Rabaa massacre. So Sidi, just before the break, we said we actually want to allow this to also be an education for the listeners and actually give them a walkthrough this entire process from the revolution. So if you'd like to go ahead. Yeah, shukran, Sister Taslima. Uh, for the um, revolution in Egypt that started in 2011, uh, 25th of January 2011, a uh, little bit before this time, um, I would just explain quickly how the situation in Egypt was and what was the reason uh, leading us to, uh, at the end, have the revolution uh, happen. You know, um, as many of the countries that starting to fall down when things get uh, uh, worse and get bad and the police take control of everything the police uh, brutality in Egypt was all all over spread before 2011 until the time and we were ruled under the emergency law since the 80s since um, since Mubarak uh, actually come uh, to power and the extension of this law was, you know, once, uh, uh, one time after one. And until the last period of this extension, it was supposed to be actually ended up in May 2012, even after uh, Hosni Mubarak himself was uh, removed, and uh, even after the revolution itself. So uh, due to these reasons, and, and also too many other reasons like corruption and uh, high level of unemployment, and you know rises of food prices and uh, you know low salary and and wages this all was reasons uh, uh, that that led us egyptian people to uh, you know this onset and to this uh, um, uh, revolution against the government in which we have spoken our voices out and we call upon them to to try to show any um, you know kind of reformation and try to change those corrupted leaders who taken who are taking the country um, you know, into a um, bad uh, direction. You know, the government answer with more corruption, with more, you know, um, you know, uh, um, misleading the country and misleading the Egyptian people. Due due to the the government, um, you know, uh, responsibility, uh, the government itself try to you know fraud the election once uh, one time uh, upon the other time. You know, since Hosni Mubarak was in power in my entire life, I have never, uh, you know, experienced another president. It's only Hosni Mubarak since 1981 until 2011. So I, more or less all my age was during Hosni Mubarak's time, you know. And the people, the people sometimes wonder and ask, how come a president become, um, you know, stay in his position for 30 years and 40 years? Mm-hmm. You know. The, the, the only answer for this is this this uh, president or whoever, whatever leadership is, to stay in its position for 40 years or 30 years. That means someone is supporting this leadership to be there. Someone is benefiting uh, uh, from this leadership to be in there. And, and from that long, long, very long time of, of, uh, of ruling. 
So uh, this reasons and many other reasons was, you know, behind uh, uh, the Egyptian revolution. And, and, and it, it, it happens that the Tunisian um, uh, revolution started a little bit before us. And uh, the incidents of Muhammad Bouazizi when he, you know, burned himself out of or ex- trying to express, um, you know, uh, the, the, the amount of oppression uh, uh, that he's experiencing. And somehow the, the Tunisian revolution, you know, got, you know, some success. And I think this was the point when the Egyptian people got the courage to get out and to, to you know, loud their voices against the government and try to call the um, leadership at this time, Hosni Mubarak, and, and, and try to, for him to try to improve or try to show um, any kind of reformation or any kind of, you know, accountability to those who are corrupting the, the life of the Egyptian people, messing with the resources of the country, you know, trying, trying to do anything. But I think the response of Hosni Mubarak at this time was just uh, nothing because uh, he was thinking at this time the army is with him and, uh, you know, the government is with him and all the corrupted people, or all the people that benefit, benefited from or have benefits from this uh, corrupted situation are with him. So nobody will be able to, you know, to, to uh, oppose him or stand against him. It's too many small things and too many, too, too many details to speak about when it comes to the situation of Egypt or to, to, to what, what was Egypt look like before um, uh, the revolution. Uh, you know, an outer or a visitor to Egypt uh, at this time, he might think Egypt was, or the Egyptian people was living in peace and harmony mm-hmm. at the time of Hosni Mubarak, which is not true, which is not a fact. The fact was everyone was suffering, but no one was able to speak. No one was able to express his feeling or his opinion. No one was able to talk. Was we, it because of the laws of the country? Obviously, from since the 80s, you can imagine since the, 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 the law, if the emergency law is giving no one the chance to say anything. If you say anything that the, that the government don't like or the officials don't like, you, uh, the next morning you will be in jail and nobody will hear about you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this was, you know, the reason behind this quietness. It's not, it was not actually a peaceful uh, situation. It was just quietness. We were, we were oppressed uh, and not you know, able to speak or not able to uh, you know, act upon our rights and, 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 and our freedoms and so and in 2011, alhamdulillah, the Egyptian people were so much, you know, having this courage to come out to the streets and, and, and call upon the government and try to, you know, demand some rights. But the response was so negative. And the demands of the people is getting higher. Mm-hmm. Until the 25th, this was prior 25th of uh, January, until the 25th when the people were, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands in the streets and the crash of the police happened and... You know the, the the you know the how can I say? Uh, part of this, I was there in Egypt. I was luckily uh, participating in this um, uh, time in Egypt. I could never believe that an Egyptian policeman do that to the next Egyptian. You know we, how many how many people was killed just like this because they are protesting peacefully. Nobody even have how can a small knife to cut an apple. Uh, uh, with him in the street. So it was not violent protest. No, no, it was it was it was so uh, you know peaceful um, protesting in the streets, and and I think the police was prepared to overcome the people and kill whoever amount, whatever amount it was. It was unlimited violence uh, from the police against the civilians who protest uh, against Hosni Mubarak. 
this resulted, you know, the waves of the revolution, especially the first waves, 25th of January, 28th of January, and the 2nd of February. This was, uh, you know, a great massacres took place, but nobody, uh, you know, at this time from the revolutionary uh, forces was worried about who, who died and who, uh, you know, our freedom is most important and we have to sacrifice, even if we have to sacrifice ourselves and our blood to, to obtain our freedoms and to, to achieve our uh, freedom. This was a small price to be paid. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned three dates to be mentioned in this revolu revolution, 25th of January, 28th of January, and the 2nd of, uh, of February. This was a great massacre took place to, um, against the, the civilians in Egypt. But alhamdulillah, on the 11th of February, just one week later, uh, through the resistance of the, of the civilians in Egypt and the, and the protesters, and uh, also the main support that comes from, you know, various channels, I was about to ask you that. Was there any external support for those for for those wanting change in, in the fact, country? In fact, uh, in fact, when I talk about channels of support, it was all within. You know, it was oh, no. it was all within. In fact, the international uh, you know um, support was like very negative, okay. because I, we saw you know the main powers of the world, the main the main guys, if you can if we can name them like this, the main guys of the world, they were silent. As they always do when there is a, you know, one of the big crimes are committed, you know, we, we, we experience them. They are silent when, it, when, when, uh, when, the, when the happening happened in Syria. They are silent about Libya. They are silent, silent about Yemen. But when the massacre took place, when the fire are set all over, when the problems are happened, so they send the United Nations groups to, you know, to solve and reform and whatever. But they never talk when the, inf when the incident takes the place and, and they will never stop the crime. Uh, before time, they just wait until see what is the outcome of it. So with this, they were waiting for us to to see if the people will be strong enough to remove Hosni Mubarak or not. And then after this, they come up with you know um, you know uh, statements of support, just words, but not action. Mm. And uh, but I'm talking about the the, the the kind of support that we had inside Egypt. Mm -hmm. We had millions of people supporting because, you know, many millions of people were suffering. Uh, so obviously those who are suffering from the people were hungry yes, for change. Yes. So Alhamdulillah, we had, you know, millions of people. When I say millions, I mean it. Millions of people were out in uh, the street against Hosni Mubarak. I, uh, that, that was about only two weeks from the 25th until the 11th. And Hosni Mubarak was forced to come out and say that he will leave office and he, uh, you know, uh, will hand over to the army for a transitional period. And I think um, uh, this was what happened, uh, actually, because the, 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 you know, the amount of pressure in the street was that high mm -hmm. to, in, to force them, actually, to this uh, kind of a changes. After uh, Hosni Mubarak was, you know, um, you know, leaving office and removed, the army was, you know, organizing each and every step of, of the transitional periods, you know, so-called. And they put, um, uh, they announced one of the, um, you know, one of the general to, to you know, to, um, to take up the responsibility. And they call upon the parties. And if they open, even they open more um, ways for, for more parties to form and to... to, to um, uh, this would be leading to, to be the found. first election? Yes, and alhamdulillah, we went to the first election. We, we, they started first and then they, we had lots of arguments within the revolutionary forces. What would be the first step? Are we going to change the, the, the constitution? Are we going to have the parliamentary election held first? 
are we going to have the presidency elections first? Mm. And alhamdulillah, that was good because this was first time for people to experience this kind of democracy, this kind of freedom, this kind of, you know, th they have never experienced this before. I think the world was watching, Adela. I think it was a very, very exciting time because um, you could see growth and you could see excitement, it, it, even though it was, it was a window of change. But yes. what has happened since? In fact, Alhamdulillah, Egyptian people was was uh, showing, you know, too much responsibility. Was showing mm -hmm. that uh, you know they are mature enough to you know to, to make this to changes. maintain yes to maintain this period of change. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, uh, 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 parliamentary election was you know uh, happen and uh, um, you know Islamists. You know, I, I don't like to 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 name it or to be sectarians, but Islamists win the election. Not because they are Islamists, they're because they were chosen by the people. Mm. And everyone, all the monitors that were sent from outside to Egypt uh, to monitor the, 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 the election process, process. No, one, no one said there was something wrong. Mm. No one said this was maybe a f any fraud or any. People were excited to, you know, to, for the real change. People were excited for real uh, life. They, want, they, they felt, you know, even we, we used to call, you know, ideal examples like South African example. We say, yeah, we, we were in the oppression era. We want to come out to freedom. We want to, even though people, some people don't like, but, you know, freedom is freedom. We, right is right. We, everyone must have his, uh, you know, uh, opportunity to experience his freedom and rights. And alhamdulillah, the people was so much responsible for that. And after this, after the, uh, the, the, um, the parliamentary election, uh, there was also a constitution and uh, constitution was formed by an elected group of people. Mm -hmm. so, so this show you how the people was eager to, um, you know, to, 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 to do things correctly, yes. to live uh, um, according to the principle of, of, of life. Like, you know, it's not that, you know, we have power now, we're strong now, we have support now, we can do whatever we want. No. Um, it would still go according to a proper government yes. system. Yes. So, so they they have elected <coughs> group of people to to form the, the the constitution, and also they are they they put the constitution for the people to vote for it, and the constitution passed within within uh, you know some percentage, and the next was is um, uh, supposed to be the presidency election, mm -hmm. and we had ten ten candidates for this position, for the first time in life. You know, Hosni Mubarak, it happens once that Dr. Ayman Noor was his, um, you know, uh, was a candidate against him. Ayman Noor, in the ne after the election, Hosni Mubarak actually won the election, you know, uh, fraud the election, let's put the right word. But Ayman Noor since then is not stable. Ayman Noor now is, is forced to leave, to leave Egypt. He's in some way now in Lebanon or ever live, uh, living now. So Ayman Noor, just because the people try to vote for Ayman Noor because they don't want Hosni Mubarak. Not because Hasan uh, Ayman Noor got something Was closer in votes. Mm. No, he is it's just because he found you know Hasan uh, Mubarak found that Ayman Noor maybe got w one million votes. That was, you know, to show the outside world we have democracy, we have uh, chances, and we have opportunity for anyone who wants to participate. But this was not the truth. It wasn't, you know, they were they were showing they were doing this to show the outside world, and actually to deceive the Egyptian. So. Uh, for the first time in life, we had this free election, and we had ten candidates from different or oh, various, uh, you know, uh, direction from the platform of the uh, the political platform of Egyptian mm. people, and uh, Mohammed Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood uh, member or the 
if if we have to speak now uh, politics, we have to say he's um, a Freedom and Justice Party uh, uh, member who won the election and become the first elected, freely elected, now, you know, first, first freely elected civilian. Mm. Because now, you know, we have big problem with, with the militant and military. Mm. So uh, uh, first civilian to be elected an, as an Egyptian, uh, as a president for Egypt. And the man from first day, he said, this is what I have. And I will work with you, you know, and I will never deceive you. And I watch Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know I do this, uh, this job, I do it. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm not willing to, you know, to gain power and I'm not willing to come for this position because I want to be that and that. He said, I stay, I rent a flat. He told the Egyptian people from the first day, I rent a flat in that place and I owe a flat in that place. He's actually a doctor, uh, um, I mean, a university professor. And uh, my salary is that amount. And when, after the four years of the, of the, the presidency period, Mm. You guys can be able to come and account for me what I, whatever I have. If I have any cent more than what I described now for you, uh, then I, you must take me into, into accountability. So that, that was a clear message for the Egyptian. This coming period is not for corruption. Mm. If the president himself announced that he will be held to account uh, if he have one cent more than what he have right now, that means no one will be, um, you know, escaping this period. It will be no corruption in this period. And this, I think, that what, make, what makes the, you know, those who have benefited from the corruption situation before makes them so much worried and so much hating, um, you know, uh, Mohammed Morsi. And uh, the, the man had, you know, acted in his position for a year, for one year, with so much, uh, so much difficulties and obstacles. Uh, in fact, it was made... It was made and meant by the, the military and by the, you know, the influenced people, the people who, who have the power. They were, you know, throwing problems in front of the man everywhere. And at the end, he's, he's you know, he's overcoming all those problems because he has the support of the people. He's trying to take the Egyptian people and the Egyptian state into a safe side, you know, and... Uh, somehow they couldn't stop the man from achieving more and more every day in, in terms of the international relation and in terms of the you know interior affairs of the Egyptian people. He was you know gaining su support every day. He was going from success to success. But at the end, they had no way to go except announcing a clear coup against uh, Mohammed Morsi that was in the um, yeah, uh, 3rd of July 2013. On that note, we need to take a quick ad break and inshallah we'll be back. Eat, pray, love with Taslima Ali. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. If you've just tuned in, we have been speaking to Sidi Adil Abdullah on the commemoration of the Rabah massacre and he's been giving us an education into um, the entire process the, of what the Egyptian community had gone through um, up until uh, the coup. So Sidi, we've stopped at the actual coup just before the break. Yes. Um I said in the 30th of, uh, of, of June, 
um, you know, the, uh, the General Abdel Fattah Sisi, the um, head of the army at this time, uh, announced that uh, the, he's given opportunity of, uh, you know, 72 hours for, Hasnum, for sorry, for Dr. Morsi to, um, uh, you know, uh, do something about it. The situation is getting bad and so on. But w- let me just explain what was happened before that. The situation was so much intense and so much uh, unstable because I said, um, you know, they were trying to throw problems in front of Dr. Morsi and they were trying to create those problems you know, like such as uh, drain the market from the uh, from the uh, petrol and from whatever, so that people fight over us. Uh, you know, the uh, the w- daily life uses of of things. They are trying also to uh, drain the market from some kind of uh, food and needs of the people, uh, so that the people get more angry against uh, the government, the elected government of Dr. Mohammed Morsi, and also they were, uh, you know, uh, somehow approaching the. Uh, the the media in in the uh, state television which supposed to you know promote you know what uh, the achievement of the government but unfortunately it was used against the government it was used against the elected president uh, dr mohammed morsi and then they form uh, you know uh, organization so called tamarud and tamarud is like you know uh, a group of people that trying to call for the um, you know for the um, uh, Dr. Morsi to to step down and 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 leave the uh, the leave office, you know, and obviously there is a way doing things like that, you know. An elected president can't leave office unless another election happened, and uh, this is a- as if we if we are going to do things properly, but in fact the um, you know generals don't know about these free choices. Generals uh, are not used to. You know uh, this kind of freedoms. They want to just command, and the next person must just listen and and, and act upon that. And um, you know uh, they had no other way to do uh, or to come through with their uh, plans except announcing clear uh, clear coup against the elected government, as I have mentioned. And this was on the third of July, 2013. And the, the 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 normal reaction to uh, this announcement of the coup uh, from the people was, you know, to protest. People was you know, were thinking that yes, we they are. They had in just this. gone through an entire yes. lengthy legal yes. process. Yes, and and people also thought this is this is the way for change, peacefulness. You know, the complete peacefulness is the only way to change. Um, you know, and, and, and other way other than that is going to be uh, very costly, especially when it comes to the lives of people. So the Egyptian, the government, the elected government, uh, headed by Dr. Morsi, choose just the peace will the peaceful way. You know, third uh, of July, Dr. Morsi was you know under you know house arrest, or after this even was um, forcibly disappeared. And, uh, you know, the, the supporters of Dr. Morsi, supporters of democracy, supporters of freedom, supporters of the revolution, uh, all gathered and come out to the streets. And, you know, they form some few sittings, especially in Cairo, mm-hmm. uh, the capital of Egypt and uh, um, the area where they uh, where they, you know, uh, organized their sitting was, um, you know, Nasr City. And there is a, a main uh, what you call it uh, circle or square there called Rab al-Adawiyah Square, you know, there is a mosque attached to this, uh, very close to this um, uh, 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 square. And, uh, you know, the setting was, uh, you know, very busy and very crowded. 
and like um, you know, I can say hundreds of thousands of Egyptians were there for the more for more than 40 days, and this was in the heart of summer. You know, those days are very hot in Egypt, and it was Ramadan, and it was Ramadan this year, and uh, you know, people are fasting during the day, and people you know leave the setting and go do their normal work work and and, and daily work and come back to the settings in the evening. That was, you know, for the 40 days, not even one incident happened, like someone lost his wallet, for example. Mm. Not a girl that was disturbed or, or, or someone was, you know, say, you know, uttering, you know, words against her. Not a woman that, uh, you know, that were disturbed. Not a child that was lost. Not, this was like a very uh, peaceful setting. For 40 days, I said, until the, uh, the, the, the first massacre after the settings reform, uh, it was formed, the 8th of July. A few days after Dr. Morsi was, uh, uh, f- uh, you know, uh, disappeared, uh, forcibly disappeared, uh, there was rumor in the settings that Dr. Morsi is in the building of the, uh, you know, Republican guards, very close to where the settings are healed. So few people said we will move today to free Dr. Morsi if he's in this building and if they're arresting him in this building, we have to go and free him. He's the leader of this revolution and he's the elected president of Egypt. This can never happen. People can't believe this, this amount of violence and this amount of, you know, um, uh, uh, against, the, the, against the Egyptian and against the, the elected the government, especially Dr. Morsi. So in the 8th of July, people go and surround the building, the Republican Guard uh, building, surrounded by hundreds of thousands of Egyptians, and they stayed, they said, we're going, if he's here, if, if you keep Dr. Morsi is here, so we are not leaving this place until um, uh, our president is free. So what the army do in, in reaction to this, the army uh, uh, commit a very big, huge massacre against the Egyptian who are surrounding the building. 57 Egyptians, including women and children, were killed in this massacre, 450 injured, more than 700 Egyptians were uh, arrested and detained, and this was the first, first massacre after the first massacre of the revolution in 25th and 28th and the 2nd of uh, February 2011. After the two years of, of you know, of, of uh, election and free time the Egyptians had experienced, this was the first, um, you know, one of the biggest massacre that was committed after this. Mm-hmm. Few days later, on the 27th of July, the same month. Uh, 27th of July, there is uh, also very close to where the setting is. There was another massacre committed by the army against the civilians who are protesting peacefully in this area for more than 40 days. 127 Egyptians were killed. Women and children were uh, also part of that. The injuries were more than 4,500 Egyptians because they just shoot live bullets against the, the masses. And the arrested, the arrested was more than 100 more than more than hundred were uh, arrested in this massacre. This all leading us to the great massacre of Rabah, which was after this uh, almost two weeks. You know, the great Rabah massacre was taking place on the 14th of August, 2013. Uh, without any introduction, without any interfering, without any, they just come and crash the sitting with, um, you know, the army um, uh, uh, heavy uh, um, uh, vehicles and with machine guns and with uh, snipers 
and aircraft that surround the sitting and they were shooting the, the masses from the aircraft from the from the, the the helicopters and this had to result at the end of the day in the massacre of Rabaa more than 5,000 Egyptians were killed you know amnesty and human rights organization were uh, recording a thousand Egyptian but the fact is more than 5,000 Egyptian in that day were killed Subhanallah. And so is this, this is of course the massacre that you have all gathered uh, together yesterday for. Yes, and, and yes, I, I just want to also say who was the victim of this massacre? Because this is very, uh, that, that to me at least, it's, it's, it's a big, um, you know, big question. Who was targeted in this massacre? The, the, the target in this massacre was the future of Egypt. Because the snipers, and the killers, whether it be from the police or from the army or from the thugs that they employ to do this job, what was, was targeting the young people. Among them, among the young people, especially girls. You know, I, I, have, I have one photo here, Sister uh, Taslim. Allow me to, to do this comparison here. This is a picture of a, an Israeli soldier that holding and trying to choke, um, you know, a Palestinian child. Who looks all of about 10 to 12 years old. Yes. Can you see? It's, yes. it's very ugly. Yes. Right? But I can understand this boy, this uh, photo because he's an Israeli and this, this child is Palestinian. You know, there is, an, there is enough enmity between these two nations for things like this to happen. But look at this other picture that I also print. Uh, that's, uh, you know, group of uh, wild animal, not human, I'm sorry to say. Policemen or, or army um, general, uh, we Soldiers. don't know. And uh, you know, who, you can see now who they attack now. A young girl. A young girl of 12 also or 13 years old. So th this, this was like, you know, a, a very big on your crime. Own people. It was very own, it was very, very big crime against Egyptians, against civilians, against women and children and girls. Followed by another massacre, not less. Uh, 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 but but worse than this massacres, because hundreds of those university girls were taken into court because they are threat to the regime and they are threat to the government and they are trying to overthrow the government government through you know uh, illegal ways and they were put in jail for years. Some of those girls were raped in jail. In jail, I give you names of of of, of uh, girls that was you know, killed very badly in this massacre. Asma al-Biltagi is the only daughter for Muhammad al-Biltagi. And let me just give me one minute of, the, of, my, of my left time to speak a little bit about this family. Dr. Muhammad al-Biltagi is a med medicine doctor. He's uh, so much involved in politics through the Freedom and Justice Party. His daughter Asma, who was, who was 18 years of old, was killed in the massacre of Rabaa. His son Anas was uh, arrested and detained, and he's still under detention until today. His son Ammar was detained and released, and he had to flee the country. His wife was, de was detained and released, and she had to flee the country. He himself, since the day of Rabah massacre, he's in jail, and he's the most targeted person in jail. They, they, they especially go and, uh, and torture him in jail. You know, this is one family. Mm -hmm. I give you an example for one family, and we have too many. We have thousands of families who are suffering the same. I have here, if I have to mention, Habiba Abdul Aziz. Habiba Ahmed Abdul Aziz, she's a daughter of a journal journalist. 
right? They were living in Emirates and they come to Egypt when the change happened and they were happy. We're going to live in our, in our country, our own country now. When they come back now, Habiba was killed in the massacre and her mother had to flee the country. Her father had to flee the country. Her brother had to be jailed in Emirates because he's the son of, um, you know, one of the people who had the revolution ongoing. I have Habiba Fikri and I have Hind Kamal and I have Warda Bayoum, I have Inji Tajuddin, I have Ruzan Muhammad Ali, I have Habiba Abdul Aziz, Asma Sakr, Mirvat Said Ali, Huda Ahmad Saeed, Maryam Muhammad Abdul Al. All these women and girls, I, I have to mention Wafa Ahmad, Wafa Ahmad Nari. She was a pregnant woman. She was, you know, she's a young woman who's pregnant and she was shot, you know, life bullets and died with a child or with her own baby. Too many, I have too many to mention when it comes to the massacre and the victims of this massacre and the massacres that followed this massacres because this was not only the massacre that was committed from the army against the civilians, there's too many others were committed. I have my own friends. I have lost it, Salah al-Hagari, my friend, in this massacre and he was found only three months later because they killed him by the hospital of Rabah and they burned his body and he, they, they have to identify, his family have to identify his, for his body only three months later uh, uh, through the uh, DNA test. I have Morsi Muhammad Bukhtiya, very, very, how can I say, very polite person that I have grown up with. And he had to be shot twice in his head, very close to Rabah uh, uh, Masjid in the day of Rabah. I have Muhammad Jamal, very child, very small child, if, if you can name it. He's 17 years, 18 years of old. Um, in the second year of his university and he was also shot in one of those massacres I have people, I have tens of, I have dozens of people that I know personally, I grew up with, I dealt with they are all victims of this of, of these uh, massacres and of this, uh, you know, brutally um, brutality of the Egyptian police and the Egyptian army Sidi Adil, having to listen to all of these names I think it just makes one so emotional but Yesterday, um, you gathered and you got ECOSA gathered with the MJC, with the ANC, as well as the international forum that you have for Egyptians that are living abroad as well. Now, we have only about two minutes before we need to go in for an ad break. I need to ask you, at this, at this point in time, when there is such a long list of lives that have been lost, um, when at this time it's already three years. Yes. Are the is the Egyptian community still hopeful? Hundred percent. We fully put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He's the one who had given us this opportunity and chance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Tansurullah Yansurukum. If you help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through you know reforming yourself through taking the reasons of, 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 uh, of, uh, of power and reformation, if you are opposing the, 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 um, the, um, the oppression and the oppressors, if you are trying to take all the, those steps that leads to victory, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you with uh, the victory, inshallah. Yes, uh, yesterday's event was one of the events or one of the, uh, uh, you know, the ongoing programs that we held for uh, supporting our uh, cause, that we're trying to promote our cause, that we're trying to tell the people about ourselves, trying to tell the people that reality that doesn't appear in the international media, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Adil, in one minute, can you tell us, for those that are listening at home now, for those that perhaps were not yesterday at the Congress, what, are, what is ICOSA asking of us? We, we ask everyone to be aware of this kind of danger 
that surround everyone. We are not yesterday event. We tried to specialize this event not only for the Egyptian cause. We were having all flags of all countries that are suffering from oppression and from coups. We had the flag of Yemen, Iraq, Libya, Syria, and we have all this kind of, uh, you know, all those people who are suffering like us. It's the, 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 our cause is not only, you know, Egyptian cause. We are looking for freedom, justice. We are looking for democracy. We are looking for right to be restored for everyone, not only for Egyptian. So our our battle is 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 global. Our our battle is more stretch and more, you know, expand. So we are fighting the cause of freedom, the of course the cause of justice. So we want justice and freedom for everyone, Even, no matter how he's Muslim or not Muslim, he's Egyptian or non-Egyptian. Uh, we are looking for freedom and rights to be restored for every every human being. We are from there. We are promoting those values, and we want those values to be protected, whether it be in South Africa, in Egypt, in Syria, in Iraq, in any part of the world. Sidi Adil, I need to thank you for joining us. I need to thank you, first of all, for opening up this window of opportunity for us to have a better understanding of the story of the Egyptian community. And I think from this, I think you will have so many more of us standing by, beside you. And inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring peace and liberation to all soon, inshallah. Shukran so much. And let me take this opportunity again and announce that, with, yes, uh, currently we have, alhamdulillah, very great amount of support from the Egyptian, from sorry, from the South African community. And we have great leaders here who are trying to show this support and mm -hmm. act upon that support. And alhamdulillah, we have, we have had uh, some few um, uh, leaders yesterday and we have more leaders that could come and we have great support. I have to assure that we have great support, alhamdulillah, in South Africa. We are trying to have more and more, inshallah. Inshallah. Shukran, Siri Adil. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, assalamu alaikum. Shukran so much for having me.